I love that baldy and bald head that <laughs> people had to do their homework on ancient Hebrew. <laughs> no, there was a word in ancient Hebrew for Just for baldy. Dearly beloved, welcome to the Unblessed Podcast, where we inquire and exposit the mysteries of that ancient text, that good book itself, the Holy Bible. We are not theologians nor historians. We are but armchair philosophers who spent years in seminary or on a church staff and have since departed to make our own way. We invite you now to read, think, and laugh with us as we dive deep into the denominational doctrines of the divine in the Unblessed Podcast. Welcome to the Unblessed Podcast. My name is Evan. And I'm Scott. And we are 2X Church Dress Code Rule Breakers, oh, Violators, yeah. Ne'er-Do-Wells. Scott, yep. did you have a church dress code back in the day? Uh, yeah, it was on a sign right when you walked in. It's like those employment posters. Like you had just oh. to... No, we really didn't, but... <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but uh, there was a fairly... I don't say strict, but there was an unspoken dress code at my church that everyone just sort of agreed to. And that was like the no short skirts, no tank tops. So it wasn't like a full on dress code, like school uniforms or anything, but uh, you still had to look a certain way. So this gets into a couple of different things for me. One is I did go to a United Methodist church where they did have a dress code. It was uh, college shirts and khaki pants for boys. At the very least. That's what it was. Wow. You had to wear that every single Sunday. Dang. Um, and I hated it. <laughs> I hated it for many reasons. One, as an adult man, I have a 19-inch neck. You got a big neck. Yeah. I have a big-ass neck. I am not a big person. You're a towering person. You're very intimidating. I am not. My neck is just <laughs> like... It's just an oak tree on a small body. Um, and so college shirts just have always felt super uncomfortable to me because they like, they're restricting to me. Mm. So there's that part. Gotta let it. that neck out. Yeah. I know. I gotta let that. And that's why I, I'm not wearing one right now, but I usually wear just like V necks. Mm. You know, the other thing here is there is like an unspoken rule in Baptist churches that you're supposed to dress up. I yeah. dressed up my first day at one Baptist church, and I got made fun of by the youth group there. Really? Yeah, they were just like... How much did you dress up? Did you come in like a tux or something? I came in the way... So the United Methodist Church I went to was for like sixth grade. This is like in high school, and I came in like a college shirt and like khakis and like a yeah. belt. And everybody else was like, Evan's like coming in his... <laughs> Ooh, look at me, hoodie toy. I'm going to worship God with khakis on today. I know, which that honestly kind of made me feel like at home because I was like, okay, I can dress down. I'm, yeah. I don't have to, you know, be all dressed up for this. This is Mm. fine, which is great. And then my third story is I remember I was at college and a buddy of mine had a hat on inside. And someone told, 
the college pastor to tell him to take oh it off. Gosh. <laughs> You're I'm so scared of a 20-year-old. Yeah, just talk to him. Just be like, hey, bud. Oh, my gosh. Sick in the youth group pastor on him. That's, that sounds just, just about right. So there, there is like an unspoken rule mm-hmm. in Baptist churches yeah. and your more conservative churches about what the expected dress code is. I never, ever followed it. We had to. We were a dress-up family. At, in my house it was yeah. i remember classic me i was like overanalyzing my faith as a kid and like looking at every passage and i remember one sunday i was like why do we i asked my parents why do we dress up every week like there's nothing in the bible that says we have to that no one's really asked us to do that and I remember my parents were just like well don't you want to like present your best on sunday to god in the church, like, don't you want to just, like present your best? Like, well, my best is a SpongeBob shirt and these zip-off pants. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, it it shouldn't matter. Well, no, yeah. it, that's the point. Was like anybody you asked point blank about, it, they're like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, God doesn't care about what you dress. But then you wear something different, and suddenly they're like, I don't know if God really likes what you're wearing. Like, yeah. Well, pick one. Which one is it? Hey, do you think God's only paying attention on Sundays at that point? Like, well, yeah. He, that's- he has seen Cheryl. She's seen. He's seen the spaghetti top you wore. Okay, but like seriously, like God has seen you at every stage at which you are. Why the hell does it matter one day a week? It it doesn't. It, it this is a a classic example of tradition versus like biblical interpretation. This is just in the Southern Baptist Church. I'm not sure how many other churches have like more of a strict kind of code. Uh, to their... Church of Christ, I think. Maybe a Oh, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Church yeah. Of there's a lot. Really, yeah. Now, I went to United Methodist Church, and they're supposed to be the more liberal ones mm. out there. And they had a strict, strict dress code, which I thought was odd. Um, but we had a lesbian preacher, which was interesting See, in Georgia. Um, oh, yeah. That would not go with my church. Yeah. I, no way. I mean, she was closet lesbian. Oh, um, <laughs> that's still who knows what goes to my church. No, I mean, this was like the early two thousands, but uh, I don't think it was okay to be lesbian anywhere at that point. No, even in California, I don't know. Like uh, church dress codes have always been such a weird, finicky thing to me because for the older generations, it makes sense. It's like, well, of course you dress up on Sunday. Yeah, like I went to visit my grandparents this past weekend, and they were like, "Yeah, we went to church today," and you know, my granddad was dressed to his. Oh yeah. He was all dressed up. I mean, and, you know. my dad used to wear a suit every Sunday with my mom. And then my, my dad was a big suit guy. Yeah. Um, came to church. He would, you know, get up, put on the suit and tie. Did your dad look good in a suit? How do I dad, answer that? I'm just, no, I'm just asking man to man. Did he look good in a suit? Did you yeah, look, he, at, your, he did okay. you look at your dad and be like, my dad's a suit guy? Yeah, I mean, he looked all right. He looked pretty good. He looked all right in a suit. I mean, there's nothing wrong with men asking men about other men. Or I'm not. I'm just, suit. I've never thought about it. I've, he looked great. I don't know. I mean, you never sat down and been like, that guy looks good in a suit. I mean, you're talking like a Sunday at Northside Baptist Church. My dad wasn't dressed to like the duds. He just had like a, some schluppy suit on that he do had for the last 20 looked, years. Do you think he looked better than everybody else in a suit? 
in the history of anyone that's ever worn a suit? No. At, <laughs> no, dear God, no. Neil Patrick Harris takes that every single day. Um, but just at Northside. I don't know. I mean, don't sure. be so bashful I, about this question. I can't remember. I don't know. I mean, my dad's you're making you're putting me in a corner. What do you think your dad looks great in a suit? Yes. Better than anybody else at your church? Yes. I don't believe it. Yes. See, now you're making me out yes. to be the bad guy. I got to be the suit police from now on. Yes. I 100% think my dad just can rock a suit. <laughs> well, dad, if you're listening, hopefully this is in your first episode. I usually don't get grilled over how hot I think my dad is during I the didn't podcast. I you how hot your dad was. I asked whether or not you thought he looked good in a suit. People are begging to get off this topic as listeners. I'm sure I they're know. just like, it's so this bad. is so bad. For our icebreaker today, the Lent season is upon us. For those Amen. of our listeners who are not aware of Lent, this is the season between Ash Wednesday, uh, which is preceded by Fat Tuesday or Mardi Gras, or if you're in New Orleans, Mardi It starts at Ash Wednesday, and then it ends at Easter. And the Lent season is usually a time of observance for the sacrifice that Jesus made towards his people. Uh, it's approximately 40 days. I think it's 40 weekdays is technically what it is. Um, so you can technically cheat on the weekends. But mm -hmm. what you do with Lent is usually you're prompted to give up or take up something during that time. Scott, did you ever participate in Lent? Uh, formally, no. Too Catholic for our, our family. Mm. So... Never once dove in. We did it like, uh, I think in college, like our campus ministry was like, oh, we want to just, we're going to take part just for fun. And everyone would just give up something really mundane. Like I'm giving up chocolate. I'm giving up Starbucks. No one was like, I'm going to give up, you know, murdering people. <laughs> How many people in your college ministry were murdering people? A lot. It was going oh, on. Jesus. So there it was, really was something they needed to give up. Yeah. Murder and Mike. He always sat in the back. <laughs> <laughs> and he sat in the back, but he also ran sound. So we couldn't exactly. We needed. He out. was a real pillar of faith. Yeah. yeah. Could lead a mean Bible study. Now, what about you? Uh, uh, I Lent. participated in Lent once officially. Uh, it was when I was at that uh, UMC church, United Methodist Church, where I gave up. I didn't give up Dr. Peppers as a kid. Because I was really into Dr. Peppers. So I gave them up, but then Sinful. I wound up breaking it. Um, and I did the, like, Saturdays and Sundays, I still gave up Dr. Pepper. I was like, I'm not drinking it. Wait, are you allowed to break Lent on the weekends? Hmm? Really? I think you're allowed to break it on either Saturdays or Sundays or both. Because I think it's the 40 days in between Ash Wednesday and Easter. But there hmm. are never technically 40 days between those days. I think there there's some wiggle room. A little bit of wiggle room for that sacrifice. Uh, I do know somebody who gave up smoking by way of quitting smoking during Lent. That's actually that I'll take that as a, a W for the evangelicals and Christianity. If you can yeah, stop smoking. She was like she was like, you know what? I wanted to stop smoking, so I gave it up for Lent and now I haven't had a cigarette. So, so. it works. Uh, and, I, and I think that kind of speaks to a larger thing of like, if you try and give something up for a small period of time, then it becomes easier to give it up for a bigger period of time. There's some psychology to Lent that I'm sure actually 
helps people get rid of bad habits. And... Oh, for sure. For a Southern Baptist, it was all like, well, that's too Catholic or that's yep. too whatever or whatever. Yeah. It's all about the works. But like growing up Methodist, I always saw a value in it because I was like, okay, you're actually taking time to kind of realize what Jesus did, even on a small scale, like giving up Dr. Pepper's. Because the whole thing is like you are, it's inspired by a lot of the 40 days stuff in the Bible. Most commonly the 40 days that Jesus went without like bread or mm. food or whatever um, in the desert. You can't do that. You're not God. But is there something in your life that you can give up for 40 days to kind of realize what a sacrifice is? Yeah, it's funny how many of Lent's like what sacrifices, I don't know what you call what you're giving up, no. were usually pretty mundane, trivial things. Yeah. I didn't see a lot of people giving up just straight up like fasting or uh, anything yeah. like that. It was always just, and I don't even know where it kind of came from as far as giving the more trivial things up. I feel like that came later in Christian history, I'm sure. I think it came as more of a way to make it more digestible to youth groups. Yeah. Um, that's that's what I would say. And I still think that's kind of the point of it is like, okay, you know, you know you're not God. You can't fast for 40 days. Hmm. That's ridiculous. That, that your, your body would just cave. Watch me try. Okay. There you go. <laughs> um, but this idea, I've always admired Lent as this kind of season because there's this idea of like, okay, is there something in my life? Can I sit down and think about something in my life that I have that I probably need to give up? Or is it something I need to start doing? And I have a set time frame that I can try that for 40 days. How about we both make something, we both name something we want to give up, but then we swap and consume what the other person is not going to be consuming <laughs> for 40 days. I want you to say that in a way that <laughs> makes more sense. How about we both pick something <laughs> to give up and then we both flaunt that thing in front of each other for the 40 days. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give up swearing on this podcast for 40 days. You cannot. I know you can't. I don't try. believe in you. I'm going to try. <laughs> I don't believe in you. I'm going to try my ding dong darndest. <laughs> Perfect. Your Just frick like, fricker. Nice. Yep. It's working. What are, what are you going to do? I'm going to give up. Um, let's see. What's something that's really bringing my life down? Just down the dumps. Uh, your pets? <laughs> I'm going to give up feeding my animals for 40 days. You heard it here. Yep. It's going to get my pet responsibilities. It's getting in the way. <laughs> Speaking of animals. Are you giving anything up at all? I don't know. I don't celebrate Lent. I'm not Catholic. No. Not me neither, either, but I okay. think this is nice. Now nah, you Pick can go. Something. It's it works for you, yeah. not for me. No, okay. Well, but if it works for me, it has to work for you. I'm gonna give up looking at my dad in suits. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna find pictures of your dad in suits, and I'm just gonna send them to you. Just even generically, people named Moran that I find in suits. Good luck. Can I go now? Can we go to the topic? Maybe <laughs> I don't know. My... <laughs> Well, we we were going to talk about animals. Now my transition. Speaking of getting mauled alive, 
on air. <laughs> We're going to talk about Elisha. Speaking of bald men. Speaking of bald guys, this one hits home. This is why Scott specifically wanted to do this episode. Oh, absolutely. This is the bald man national anthem of verses right here. So, yeah. This is Schindler's list for bald men. <laughs> I'm not, I'm just, I'm partially bald. I'm like, you know, I'm the second layer of evolution to George Costanza. Like, that's my final form. Yeah. I'm just the second. It's down the road, but I'm you're not one moonstone away from George Costanza. This this verse is Second uh, Kings two. Uh, Scott, I would like for you to read your translation, and then I'll read mine. It's only two verses. I have been holding yeah. off on what mine says. I know I'm dying to hear the Holman Christian. Okay, so Second Kings uh, two twenty three. So just for some background, this is Elisha, not Elijah. This is another prophet. He is taking over. He's superseding Elijah's spot as God's only prophet. Uh, he was in a town before this, and he was doing some, like, to really sum it up, he was doing some water magic. Yeah. Um, it's like how Samuel L. Jackson gets confused for Lawrence Fishburne sometimes. <laughs> That's kind of what we're saying with Elijah and Elisha. Yeah, they, they were always getting mixed up uh, in their, their movie roles. So anyway, so Elijah is leaving this town. It says, he went up from there to Bethel. And while he was going up on the way, some small boys came out of the city and jeered at him, saying, Go up, you bald head! Go up, you bald head! And he turned around, and when he saw them, he cursed them in the name of the Lord. And then two she-bears came out of the woods and tore 42 of the boys. From there he went on to Mount Carmel, and from there he returned to Samaria. The end. I love that. <laughs> I love that you're... That your translation goes so far as to say she bears. I love she bears. That's they could have just said bears, but I like that they had to point out that it was mama bears. Right. So they're these are some she bears real we old. found yeah. in between. They he reared was on some his way bears. to Bethel, and there's some she bears out there that'll rip you from limb to limb now. <laughs> you know there's some she bears because they get up on them hind legs and they look at you with the mama bear eyes. They got forty two boys just strung around their neck like a necklace. They're running, they and they're coming around with them cubs in the hall and they're looking for honey. <laughs> I want to hear the Holman Christian standard. Okay. Same passage, largely, but you'll see the part of it, but just wait. From there, Elisha went up to Bethel. As he was walking up the path, some small boys came out of the city and harassed him, chanting, Go up, Baldy! Go up, Baldy! <laughs> he turned around and looked at them and cursed them in the name of the Lord. Then two female bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the children. I love that Baldy and Baldhead, that <laughs> people had to do their homework on ancient Hebrew. <laughs> Hebrew for just for baldy. baldy. All right, I do want to read <laughs> the study notes because they are delectable for this verse. Because I, first of all, why is this even in here? Like, this is not. It's not related to the verses before or after. And I don't even know what message or value or belief we're supposed to get out of this story of forty-two boys getting. Don't make fun of bald people. Don't make fun of bald people. They'll come after you. Uh, I, here's what the the big brains at 
the ESV Study Bible said about these two verses. They said, uh, The focal point for Israel's apostasy was Bethel. Therefore, it's no surprise to find young people from this city adopting a disrespectful attitude toward a prophet of the Lord. And to, and to treat a prophet with disrespect is to treat God himself with disrespect. The reference to bald head is not clear, but Elisha might have been really? <laughs> so bald by nature that the youthful eyes thought he looked grotesque, or perhaps like Christian monks. So bald head is not clear? Yeah, like, what else would it mean? Bald head. Your head is bald. No hair. Bald, baldy. Bald, 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 bald. That's the most bald, clear bald, thing bald. in this verse. Yeah, everything else doesn't make sense, but one thing I know... You know, actually, one thing I could see is as historically accurate is that Elisha was bald. That's anything else doesn't yes. make sense. <laughs> I don't even know if there were 42 kids. We've talked about this before. Yeah, we don't know. The Bible just, the Bible throws out numbers. It does. And to be fair, I do the same thing. I walk into a room with like seven people and I'm yeah. like, there are a hundred people here. Absolutely. Like, I have yeah. no idea how to count people just <laughs> on a like visual scale. And the Bible does the same thing where it's just like, ah, 42 kids got mauled. 42 is pretty, it's a very uh, precise number, though. I'm curious why they landed on, not, it could have been 50. could have just been 40, but 42. Maybe there were actually 42 kids that got mauled. Maybe there were 42 kids that got mauled, and Elijah was kind of on his way, and they were like, you didn't do anything to stop it? And he was like, they called me bald. <laughs> You're the prophet of the Lord. Couldn't you like help them? Well, they they call me bald first, and then uh... they call me bald first. And uh, you see those bears currently chowing down on Tommy and his friends. That's what you get. I really don't understand how this fits into the narrative that of the rest of the Bible, because people say, "Well, God is merciful, and He's a patient God and a loving God." And I would argue even especially times two to children. There's so many verses about, you know, the Lord and how children are a blessing. And, and you know, Jesus says, let the little children come to me for they have, you know, their hearts are pure, blah, blah, all that, blah, 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 blah. But then we have this example of just kids kind of just being kids and doing what they do. And they get freaking murdered by <laughs> she bears. I will say, if these are teenagers, they deserved it. They freaking deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Elijah I, says. He walked away. No, I, I think that's why this gets kept in the Bible. Like this was kept Probably. in the Bible, is they were just like ah kids, and it was like yeah, but they were teenagers, and everybody was like, oh, which hell yeah, let's keep this in there. Ugh. All right, this is my favorite. Damn it! I, I mean, shoot! I mean, there you go. See, you already crap. broke Lent. I knew it. Okay, okay, from this point on, yeah, no yeah, more, yeah. no more. Tell it to the judge. Time. We're gonna have, we're gonna lose that explicit tag. Yeah, Spotify. right. <laughs> All right, this is my favorite explanation of this verse. So, though this judgment may at first seem harsh, the group must have included over fifty boys. First of all, it didn't say over fifty; it said forty-two, but. The group must have included over 50 boys old enough to be out running in a pack. And so they constituted something of a physical threat to Elisha. The authors of Kings regularly show the contempt toward, divi uh, contempt toward divinely called prophets is disastrous for God's people. So the study Bible people are saying they kind of look threatening, those 42 boys just hanging out, calling people bald by the train tracks or whatever. They would just, they would just snap. 
They just came around the corner snapping. This is Jets territory. (laughs) (laughs) You look like a shark. (laughs) Come over here, Baldies. Sing us a tune. Come over here, Baldy. Come on. What you got? We've got hair. You don't. (laughs) Look at all the hair. They're just wiggling their hair in front of them. Just big old doo-wop gang. <laughs> big old Jersey Shore hair. <laughs> Jersey Shore Superman hair. <laughs> Look at that baldy. Look at that baldy over there. You must be from the bald side of the tracks. <laughs> okay, the SV, the study Bible people think that either Elijah was super bald or he would, had the monk haircut. What do you think? I think it was bald. Why would you have a monk haircut before monks exist? I don't know. That that's what study Bibles just said that. Stupid idea. They said some prophets, like later Christian monks, shaved their heads. Like later Christian monks. Oh, you mean the monks? Yeah. No. Maybe they got their inspiration. Maybe Elisha was the OG cut. Maybe he was like, damn, like he's got the cut. The only situation in which we see prophets or anything chosen by god related to hair is nazarene or nazarite vows oh yeah yeah so god's not interested in you shaving your head well maybe he was like a full-on like like jesse ventura like he was just perfectly bald but then (laughs) long white hair on the sides and he just kind of cleaned it up every now and then on top you know he's like well if we're gonna be bald I've always imagined Elisha as kind of a Patrick Stewart kind of guy, but in like Star Trek Next Generation with just like the white mm. around the ring. Yeah, which which bald person minus me bald. just would Elisha remind you of? You are not bald. You are <laughs> getting there. You have hair. <laughs> You're getting there. <laughs> you have hair. What, what other bald people? He's definitely not The Rock. I don't think he's The Rock. I don't think he's got rock vibes. No, he's probably more in the camp of here. We're gonna just look up bald celebrities. Bald First one that comes is all right. Bruce Willis, yay or nay? No. Sean Connery, yay or nay? Stanley Tucci. I think that's what I'm landing on. Stanley yeah, Tucci. Yeah, I think so. I think that is what Elisha looked like at best. I think at worst he might have looked like Jesse Ventura. Can you imagine Jesse Ventura being like? Sick them, she-bears. The city of Minnesota. We need less she-bears. Less teenagers. I'm the professional wrestling heavyweight champion of the world. (laughs) Did you ever read this one before today? I think I read it, and I I definitely read it, because I've read the whole Bible at least twice. Um, Maybe five times, maybe ten times, maybe a hundred Wow, big um, flex. Can't say for sure. I just like to read the God. I like to read the Word of God. But I can say for sure this that we know that Elisha was bald. Indeed. And he did not like being called bald. And he did not like teenagers. And he loved bears. And at some point, he was between Bethel and Mount Carmel. Yep. So we can accurately place him in history at some point, like right here. We can say. If this man existed, he didn't like to be called bald. He wasn't a fan of kids. He liked bears. He, at one point, took the road from Bethel to Mount Carmel. What does it make you feel, though, like, theology-wise? Like, how does this line up for you? On the one hand, there's not much theologically here for me. There's just, 
It's just like well, I guess weird... like he causes he asks for a curse though. He like asks yeah, God to kill these boys. That's the other side of it. That's the other side because mm -hmm. on the one hand I'm just like this doesn't mean anything, but on the other side of it I do have to sit there and be like, okay, he did like hold the power of God to maul forty two children. He pulled an Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> on these kids yeah, it's serious i mean what are we going to do master elijah and he just pulls out a she-bear so i do think it's something you have to wrestle with this goes always goes back to my D, &D questions of are what exactly are prophets are they warlocks are they clerics what's going on here i would like to know the limits to elijah's powers honestly i do think prophets kind of fit into more of a warlock territory where they what they can do is a little bit dependent upon their patron and what their patron wants. Um, that's kind of the way warlocks exist in Dungeons and Dragons. Whereas like clerics are just like, I can do whatever they want. I'm chosen by God. I think prophets in the Old Testament kind of reflect warlocks in D&D. &D. That's just something free for you. Gonna put that in my pile of D&D &D knowledge I'll never use. Thank you. No, that's, that's just... <laughs> Scott's just going to use that for toilet paper down the line. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> um, but it is interesting in the Old Testament just how random magic, for lack of a better word, is. Yeah, it kind of, uh, the power of God and uh, like miracles just were happenstance. And yeah. at least in the Bible, it made it feel like they're just out of nowhere. These Yeah, Moses split apart a river and then here <laughs> Elisha is. Just being like, sick of bears. I know. <laughs> this verse to me, I do remember it reading the Bible. I don't remember it growing up. Like, they definitely avoided this one. Oh, but sure. it, it doesn't sit well with me because other curses in the Bible, there's actually another curse in the Bible where it's against kids, but this one is explicitly kids. Like, other times where wrath of God has hit a city or a nation it's always like the whole nation and so you can kind of argue your way around it of like well god was taking down this whole evil nation and he had to end their bloodlines and i mean very warrior god narrative which i can kind of understand like it, it doesn't seem to fit but i can understand that argument this one is just like it honestly would be i'd be fine with the kids dying if it was like they were bidding on the ark of the covenant or they were actually like harassing and trying to kill Elisha, but just call him bald. <laughs> like, how is this a, a death sentence? Like, in no way is this something where people should die just by calling someone names. And, and that's a what I just... man has nothing if he doesn't have hair. That's right. He's nothing. He's just a shell of a man. <laughs> <laughs> so, it doesn't make sense that he's just on his way out of the city and he he calls down a curse. I mean, the whole thing just doesn't sit well with me. To all the listeners out there, if you are still going to church, still in Bible study, bring this one up. I'm curious what your churches, what your uh, lay leaders and pastors have to say about this verse, because either it's just you look over it and gloss over it, or it could have some pretty large implications for how you view God, at least in the Old Testament, but for sure, I'll get off um, my soapbox. Oh, yeah. There. I, I want to ask this. Um, do you think that if Moses and Elisha met, that Moses would be like, well, back in my day when I used God's power, I used it to free the Israelites. What did you use it for? Oh, 
some some teenagers called you bald, you snowflake. <laughs> Only use this in very important emergencies, Elisha. Not just whenever you want. Millennials these days. This is like a Bruce Almighty situation where he just doesn't realize the power he has. And he probably was just walking. And he's like mumbled to himself like, oh, go get eaten by I a bear. I wish some bears would kill those kids. And then like. You know, how we all casually just say that, you know, you're in the line at grocery store. Oh, I wish some bears just killed this guy in front of me. He's taking so long. Well, that, that's all I got for that verse. Two verses, but I could I could talk about that all day. Uh, what's what's on your plug list? What, what are you consuming nowadays, Evan? I don't really have anything that I've been consuming. I just kind of wanted to give an update about myself. So I've been having uh, some shoulder problems recently. And I went to an orthopedic doctor. So shout out to... Going to the doctor. Everybody should do that. Sometime in their life. Yeah. Preferably once a year. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, hey, yeah, you've got a torn labrum in your shoulder. And I was my first most man thought I've ever had in my life. I was like, oh, that's the same injury that Jalen Hurts has. That's the Philly quarterback for everyone that doesn't know sports as much as yeah, I Yeah, Scott, everybody knows sports. You own sports. <laughs> but yeah, so quarterback Jalen Hurts. And I have the same injury. Now, here's the difference. Jalen Hurts suffered that injury when a 300-pound man hit him. Did you get hit by a 300-pound man? I fell off a couch. Tip-top shape over there. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so we're basically the same. It was the most man thought ever of like, oh, this really athletic guy and I have the same injury. <laughs> I was playing Super Smash Brothers, and I fell off the couch. <laughs> And I tore my labrum. Welcome to be being old. I know. I, I, I sent a test to somebody. I was like, is is being 30 just going to the doctor every week for something different? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Things just started hurting. It yeah. feels like you're playing tackle football like every day when you wake up. Like, why does huh. this thing hurt? I don't oh, I feel this. like I have been playing tackle football. Yeah. <laughs> and I did. Had, yeah. I, I sit down for my job all the yeah, time. I don't. We're not do... working construction. Like, this is just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The most heavy lifting I do is whatever's out of the refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> Scott, do you have anything to plug? That was my plug. It's just my body. Sucks. <laughs> just an update. That's that's Evan's update. Um, Well, I've mentioned it before, but this is a different part of the media oh is but, it the whale again because you plugged the whale like oh times. let me look at the list of let's see oh oh wait evan plugged the bachelor three times whoops no <laughs> one said anything about that though <laughs> no but i'd have technically plugged this before but I, t I plugged his podcast misquoting jesus but uh he also has a book and i've been reading the book this past week and it's very good so What's the book called? It's similar to his podcast, but it's called Misquoting Jesus. Um, this is all about the history and formation of the Bible as we know it. It's it's answering the question, like, how do we know that we have the original words from Jesus? Mm. And specifically the New Testament. It kind of talks about the whole Bible, like Old and New Testament. But it, he's a New Testament scholar, so it focuses mostly on just the Gospels and the Epistles. But you just kind of peel back the layers and you realize, I mean, the manuscripts are made from copies of copies of copies. And a lot of people just kind of assume that the scribes uh, back in that day were like just 
well-oiled machines. Like they knew how to, you know, copy and write things down all the time and, and, and perfect accuracy. But if you think about a, a world where there's no spell check, no word processors, everything's just handwritten. And I didn't realize that most scribes were illiterate themselves in that day and age. So they would just look at the letters and shapes and just write them down. It's like, can you imagine? It's like if you and me, I, I didn't really take Greek. You took Greek for a little bit, right? Nope. Maybe you did. Oh, perfect. So just like, imagine if both <laughs> of us, if you just had a Greek textbook and say, hey, make a copy of this by tomorrow, you're bound to make a mistake. Because like, how do you write down all those shapes, you know, with that perfect accuracy? So there's just stuff like that where he kind of illuminates and, and talks through. So I highly recommend it. Yeah, that's all I got for my, my plugs this week. So everyone lift up Evan in prayer in his shoulder. Let's see if he's Please healed do. next week. <laughs> so. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Um, here soon, we're going to be streaming a video game called Adventures of the Old Testament. Um, we're very much looking forward to it, so be on the lookout for that as an announcement on our Instagram and our Twitter um, and our TikTok as well. Um, speaking of those, you can follow us at all of those at Unblessed Pod, and you can also send us uh, any questions you have or any thoughts you have uh, at unblessedpodcast at gmail.com. Um, my name is Evan. And I'm Scott. And don't forget to close your Bible. Bye.